Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. For example, Greg Sussman here for hour number two. And we begin well, where we began last hour with the Jets firing head coach, firing general manager Mike McCagnan and Brian Heimerdinger, who is in their front office. Adam Gaze, currently the interim GM, and it looks like the Jets are going to bring in uh, someone that Gaze really trusts, whether it's Joe Douglas from Philadelphia or Daniel Jeremiah from the NHL, from the NFL Network, or both of them. Jets making some changes here, Frank. Yeah, they absolutely are. If you want to go back and, and watch the first hour of my rant regarding the New York Jets and Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase's entire situation, I'll just sum it up for you real quickly. It, it's just incompetence at its finest over and over again. They continue to make just terrible decisions. I don't know what Adam Gase has done to earn this type of role, this much power in an organization, but the Jets going to jet, Greggy. Jets are going to jet. Also, of course, top stories include the NBA draft a lottery with the New York Knicks. Finish at number three. The first pick overall goes to New Orleans Pelicans. Number two is Memphis. Number four, the LA Lakers game. Game one of the Western Conference Finals went to Steph Curry and the Warriors. And then we get to a whole lot of baseball from last night. The main event last night in Major League Baseball was Chris Paddock, Clayton Kershaw, and Paddock got roughed up for the first time in his career, Frank. Yeah, he did here, but look, he's going up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's obviously a really tough spot to be in. Um, it was in Los Angeles. It's going up against a tough lineup. He gives up a home run to Jock Peterson. He gives up a home run to Cody Bellinger as well. You know what? If you're going to give up a home run, two home runs to lefties, that's a pretty good duo to give up home runs to. So I'm uh, not really worried about Paddock overall. Gives up six total runs, but it was three earned runs, so the defense... Kind of let him down here a little bit as well. The Padres had one error here behind him. Um, wasn't necessarily efficient. 92 pitches in four and two-thirds innings pitched. And we spoke about this a little bit after after Chris Paddock's dominant performance against the Mets where he struck out 11 and he went absolutely nuts. There was going to be some regression at some point. You know, the sub-two ERA, the underlying numbers are all very good, but... He was still hovering around a 3x FIP, so there are going to be some performances. And look, if they come against the Los Angeles Dodgers of all team in Los Angeles, I don't have a huge problem with that, Greg. Fair enough. Chris Paddock says, watch me into my next start after what happened last night. He is all ready to get back on the mound. Uh, and Who's his next start again? I don't have no idea. That would be against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pretty good team to bounce back against. Probably so. Unless, of course, uh, he's got to face Josh Bell. Who is, we'll get to in a second, how the hottest hitter in baseball. <laughs> Ventures not even here to talk about him. Yeah. Who knows if, uh... save it for later. 
Clayton Kershaw, seven innings, five hits, three runs. He walked one. He struck out five. Allowed two home runs. The ball was flying out of Dodger Stadium last night. Uh, Framil Reyes hit one in the first. And Manny Machado connected with one in the fourth. For Machado, his ninth homer of the year. I feel like it was a quiet ninth homer of the year for Manny Machado, who has the average up to 265 now, by the way. Yeah, and we, I spoke about him a few weeks ago. He you was did. one of my biggest buy-low candidates uh, regarding Manny Machado. You know, I saw the first home run, the home run to Fran Mill Reyes that Clayton Kershaw allowed. And if you watch Clayton Kershaw's body language after he gets the ball back and he's walking around the mound a little bit, he's kind of, you, you can tell by his facial expressions, he's like, wow. That tells you what you need to know about Fran Mill Reyes. I mean, that tells me Clayton Kershaw thought that he made a pretty good pitch and Fran Mill Reyes was just a little bit better. And that's exactly what I've been saying about him. This kid is going to be legit. Strikeouts could be a bit of an issue at times, but he's a big, massive human being. He's starting to cut down the strikeouts a little bit as well. Makes optimal contact. The home runs are going to be there. He hits in a good part of the lineup. Really, really like Fran Reyes. I, I liked seeing that reaction from Clayton Kershaw because it almost reassured how I feel about Fran Reyes. But when it comes to Kershaw, it's more of the same here, Greg. I mean, he's been... Really solid. He's only allowed more than three runs once in a start so far this season through six starts. Uh, he's allowed three earned runs or less. Yesterday, another quality start. Uh, not the Padres have been a great offense. They've been a little bit inconsistent here, but puts together a quality start, gets a win. He's 3-0 on the season. The strikeouts aren't where they used to be, but he's actually getting more ground balls this year. 53.3% ground ball rate. I think if you drafted Clayton Kershaw, you might want to toy with the idea of selling him now because I do think at some point he's probably going to get hurt again. But he's performing like a top 20 starting pitcher, and admittedly, I didn't have him ranked there. I think I had him ranked closer to 30. So I was worried about him. I still am kind of worried that at some point he probably gets hurt again, Greg. But he's performing like a top 20 starting pitcher right now. So if you can get a top 20 return for him, from a starting pitcher that you expect to be around longer this year, Greg, and you don't have the injury concerns, then it is something that I would look into. If you could turn Kershaw into Jack Flaherty, I'm just going to keep going back to Jack Flaherty. I know he walked a ton of guys yesterday, and the walks the past couple of starts have been alarming, but this kid has filthy stuff. If I could start, turn Kershaw into Flaherty right now, Greg, I would. Kershaw into Flaherty. Yeah, I'm, what do you I'm, think? Well, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I like Jack Kershaw Flaherty. Kershaw has performed well. so He's I good. Like, people... Are gonna have a pause here, and they're gonna say, "Well, I, I pause." He only had one start, which wasn't a quality start. It was six and two thirds, four yeah, runs. And he's got a three four zero ERA and a three four two xFIP, so he's been pretty damn good. But yeah, he's been great. You have to expect that at some point he's gonna the back start gonna land on the IL. The back start turning. It's, it happens I, every I think year. It's gonna have to happen. Yeah, strikeouts. Nothing crazy uh, for Clayton Kershaw. If I could do it with Flaherty, I, I might. But listen, you draft Clayton Kershaw, you're thrilled. You're absolutely thrilled right now. Yeah, a lot of people on drafty, you're getting a huge discount on him. Get him as your SP3, sometimes your SP4. And I remember writing about this on my Patreon before the season. I said, look, if I could get this guy at my SP, as my SP4, if he continues to drop that far, like it's at that point where, yeah, I'll take on the risk of a Clayton Kershaw, even if he gets hurt. He's your SP4. He's not one of the guys that you're counting on week in and week out. Once you start getting into, all right, he's my SP2, then, you know, that's a guy that you're, you're counting on. And you need him to be there for, for the longevity of the season. But I, I even said this, Greg. If you're getting him as your like, SP4 in that range continues to fall, that's a great value. And what it ultimately turned out to be a fantastic value. 
Just like Jock Peterson was, and your boy Bellinger. Peterson and Bellinger homer are both in the same game once again. Peterson's 13th of the year. Bellinger's 15th of the season. Although Bellinger feels like I haven't hit one in a while, despite still batting over 400 on May 15th. Really? He's still hitting 400? That's crazy. We haven't talked about him in a while, but he's still batting over 400. Yeah, and Jock Peterson just doing what Jock Peterson always does. 220. Mashing against right-handed pitching. The batting average is not good, but... If you play in an OBP league, if you play in a points league, I understand you want volume in points leagues, but I think Jock Peterson might be the lone exception because when he plays against right-handed pitching, he performs really damn well. The walk rate up around 10%. The, the strikeout rate has been down the past three seasons, 21%. That's fine. That's right around league average. Batting average overall, not good at 220, but he's got a 50% hard hit rate. Got a 42% fly ball rate. When he makes contact, he goes far, Frank. He does exactly what you want him to do. And if you saw last night, though, the home run that he hit, an absolute missile off the bat. It was a line drive. It's not like it was like this towering fly ball. This was a rocket off of one of the better starting pitchers in baseball in Chris Paddock. But what's the problem for Chris Paddock when it comes to going against Jock Peterson? He's a right-handed pitcher, Greg. Sorry. Advantage, Jock. We talked about some of the uh, some of the young players that have come up. Let's talk about Oscar Mercado as well because his debut didn't go exactly how you would have hoped. He was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Did reach base on a hit by a pitch. Came around to score. Not the greatest debut for him yesterday afternoon. Uh, but hey, things can only go up from here unless you're Carter Keeping. A lot of home runs yesterday for Cleveland, including Jose Ramirez, which you were upset about, Frank. Jake Bowers, Ryan Luplo, and Roberto Perez all going deep for Cleveland. They were led by Carlos Carrasco, who was wonderful in his seven innings of work. Six hits, six strikeouts there. Yeah, this was a nice little, nice little performance for Carlos Carrasco over his last two starts. Both have been against the White Sox. And I believe his last start was even a shortened start because the game either went into a delay or it ended after five innings. But... It was last two starts, 12 innings pitched, 8 hits, 0 earned runs, 0 walks, 12 strikeouts. Again, both of those coming against the Chicago White Sox. But, hey, you're supposed to dominate against the teams that you're supposed to dominate. So good performance here for Carlos Carrasco. And you need him to continue to build off this because even after 7 shutout innings yesterday, 4.18 ERA, that's not going to get the job done for Carrasco. And I owned him last year in a few leagues, and it kind of felt similar. He got off to like a slow-ish start. But by season's end, he was the Carlos Carrasco we know and love, and I'm pretty much expecting the same thing this year. So if someone in your league is, is worried about Carrasco one year older, sees the overall ERA over four right now, uh, that is someone that I would try and take advantage of, and I would try and acquire Carlos Carrasco because I still think he's going to be Carlos Carrasco by the end of the season. Um, Jake Bowers coming around a little bit, Greg. The batting average starting to creep up. I know he was in the low 200s for a lot of the season, but now up to 246. Uh, hits his fourth home run of the season yesterday. It just seems like this is what we said about every player for the Cleveland Indians to start the year. Everyone's gotten off to a slow start. We spoke uh, extensively about Jose Ramirez yesterday. Hits a home run. I was upset about it because I'm going up against him in one of my head-to-head leagues where I'm 2-4 and four and I don't want to drop to 2-5. and five, But obviously, if you're a Jose Ramirez owner, Greg, something that you need to see. Clearly. Man Bam got hurt. And he won four innings, allowed five runs, and four hits. Tim Anderson still- Man Bam. Man Bam. Yeah. Did he give you permission to, to use that nickname on him? Man Bam Willis. 13 stolen bases on the year now for Tim Anderson, still batting 320. Uh, he's amazing, so that's good. 
Anything else here for the White Sox? Not really. No. Obviously, we just spoke about how dominant Carrasco was, so there wasn't really much going off for the White Sox. Yeah, I got, I got, I got nothing else there. Your boy AJ Cole pitched yesterday. I was, Phenomenal. So I was going to mention that. I was like, <laughs> I can't mention this. This is just so useless. It is useless. It's, it's like your love for uh, that Jim, guy. Jimmy Acabonis? Yeah, Jimmy Acabonis. How's he doing in the minors? I don't know. You want to talk about useless? Let's not talk about that. I do love random relievers. <laughs> Let's see how Jimmy Yacobonis is doing in the minors. Uh, we should probably like move on to another game, Greg. All right. Is there a game that you'd like to move on to, Frank? Um, I'll pick it. Noah Syndergaard dominated do. Washington <laughs> last night as the Mets defeated the Nationals 6-2. Syndergaard went eight innings, allowed four hits, two runs, struck out six for the Metsies, who were led by Wilson Ramos, finally connecting on one, his second home run of the year. Uh, Dominic Smith also hit his first home run of the year. Can you believe that was his first home run of the year? I know he doesn't play all that often, but still. Uh, yeah, I could believe it. Okay. Yeah, he just doesn't play. He barely plays. And he's not really known as a home run hitter, so I think it's pretty believable, Great. All right. Victor Robles in his seventh home run of the season. And it feels like at least three or four of those have come off Syndergaard this year. <laughs> yeah, it does. This was at least his third. He might have three or four of his seven home runs against Noah Syndergaard. So, uh, can we get Victor Robles against Noah Syndergaard every day, please? I, I don't know why, of all pitchers to dominate, Noah Syndergaard is the one that Victor Robles chooses. Uh, but the batting average slipping a little bit here for Victor Robles, Greg. He's down to 250. The county stats are all still really good. He's got the seven home runs. Um, only 16 ribbies because he's he's been batting ninth, and now he's batting second. Uh, but, all right, let's... Let's pick it back up a little bit here, Victor Robles. I don't, I don't want him to kind of fall in to some kind of extended slump, which it seems like the whole Washington Nationals lineup. Is. Like, I, I understand they're missing players. Like, Gerardo Parra is batting fifth for this team right now, Greg. Yep. Uh, Brian Dozier, surprise, surprise. 0 for 3, batting 192. Can we get Carter Keeboom back up? Can we get him back up? Play second base here. Brian Dozier, what are we doing? What are we doing when it comes to Brian Dozier? Noah Syndergaard here, Greg. Interesting start. Um, I, I do think that streaming your starting pitchers against the Washington Nationals right is now, yeah. a profitable strategy right now. I mm-hmm. actually used Noah Syndergaard on FanDuel last night, uh, and he came through. Unfortunately, not enough because I didn't have Chris Sale in my lineup. Get to that a little bit later on. But uh, it was a good start for Syndergaard, but an interesting one. He had six strikeouts, Greg. He only had seven swinging strikes. Continues to just be a baffling year. Obviously, the results are here, so you'll take it. Like You're fine with it. But just the underlying numbers for Syndergaard, seven swinging strikes. Against this Nationals lineup right now, they're missing a bunch of guys, and they're prone to striking out, and they only get seven swinging strikes. The swinging strikes overall have been down this year for Syndergaard. Just weird. Overall, like, you'll, take the, you'll take the results, but I do want to see more swinging strikes from Syndergaard moving forward. Okay. Uh, Even no, after the start, his ERA since it's at 474. It's, it's been a rough start. Buy and low on Syndergaard? Yes. I, I agree with you. <laughs> Pretty uh, obvious one there, huh? We kind of talked a little bit about Kessin Hero. Let's let, you, let's let people know what exactly he did, Frank. Two for three yesterday with a walk as well. He was on base three times in his debut. The Brewers defeated Philadelphia uh, by the score of 6-1. to one. Brandon Woodruff, weird out because he walked five guys, but he only allowed one hit, five strikeouts. So the walk did not come, walks did not come back to hurt him. Uh, he allowed no runs on the evening. While Corbin Burns came in afterwards, uh, two hits, one run. It wasn't earned. He did, he did strike out four. Jared Eikhoff came back down to earth against a tough lineup in Milwaukee. Four innings, five runs, eight hits, two walks, two strikeouts. His worst outing of the season. Yeah, poor Jared Eikhoff here. Going up against the Milwaukee Brewers again in Citizens Bank Park. Uh, ideally, I would like to avoid both of these starting pitchers in this matchup, but they both have two-star weeks. So, admittedly, I would have had Woodruff in my lineup. I did have him in a lineup. 
I would have had Jared Eikhoff in my lineup as well based on how he was pitching, but when you get these single starts in a week and you see the Phillies on the other side of that matchup, you see the Brewers on the other side of that matchup, unless it's like your top 20, 25 starting pitchers just overall in fantasy, I really want to bench starting pitchers against these teams. They're just really, really tough matchups. And Brandon Woodruff here, I think this speaks to how good his stuff really is. The fact that he walked five guys and still got through six innings unscathed, only allowed one hit, no runs, five strikeouts against this Phillies lineup, that speaks to how good his stuff really is. And I know Modica talked about him a little bit on Monday. We've been talking about him for weeks now. Uh, He's basically been doing what we wanted Corbin Martin to do. We spoke about Martin and Freddie Peralta, Corbin Martin, Corbin Burns, rather. Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and Brandon Woodruff before the season as like the young starting pitcher crop coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers. And we all said that they have upside, but the one person that has capitalized on that has Brandon Woodruff. If you own him, you picked him up for the two-star week, you're going to want to keep him around. I think there's a lot to like about Brandon Woodruff, Greg. Brandon Woodruff absolutely getting it done. All back there. Absolutely getting it done. Absolutely. Milwaukee and fantasy owners at this point. Keep them, hold on to them, and enjoy the ride while you're on it. We'll take a break here. When we come back on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, it's Chris Sale time. As he had his best start of the season of his career last night and didn't get the win. In fact, the Red Sox didn't even get the win. We'll talk about Sale, the Houston Astros, next. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631 Weekend Fantasy Update. I see a lot of problems in Jacksonville. Look at all the stories this week. The linebacker not even going to play football this year. I told you, I, I wanted to get on Jacksonville wins total. It's already it's already changed. I think it's gone. Like, I like under. I don't think the Jags are going to do anything. I know they've got some real nice defensive parts, but I just don't I just don't believe in their team. I think they're like, when what are they? Actually, it's eight and a half here. I don't think the Jaguars win nine games. No way. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Thank you. 
The Warriors easily covered the 7.5 point spread on points bet last night, winning by 22 points. Did you get in on the easy money? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up point bet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. Pointsbet.com slash grid. Promo code's grid. Frank, going off the grid last night, that was Chris Sale because he was absolutely awesome in his outing at home against the Colorado Rockies. Sure, the Rockies are not what they have been over the past couple of years, struggling both in Denver and away from Denver. But still, I don't think anybody expected this. Through seven innings last night, Chris Sale struck out 17 batters. 17 strikeouts in seven innings. That means he got 21 batters out last night. 17 of them came by strikeout. 21 outs, 17 by strikeouts. And yet, three hits, two runs. Of course, those runs both come in the seventh inning off the bat of Nolan Arenado. An inning later, Brandon Workman blows it. Ryan Brazier blows it again later. Oh, I love that. And the Red Sox fall to Colorado by the score of 5-4. to four. What an outing by Chris Sale, who seems okay. Absolutely ridiculous. He has four double-digit strikeout performances in his last five starts. Now has 73 strikeouts in 51 innings pitched. Uh, I think we're good. I think we're good now with Chris Sale. I feel good. I think we're all right. I think we're feeling all right here. And shout-out to A-Rod. I'm going to keep going back to this. What he said on the first day of the season, opening day, with Chris Sale on ESPN going up against the Seattle Mariners. He said, by May, middle of May, this guy's going to be in, in midseason form. He's got to get his legs underneath him. He didn't have his spring training. April was his spring training. May is the start of his season. Let's look at what he's done in the month of May. Oh, that's only three straight games with double-digit strikeouts. 10, 14, and 17 last night against the Colorado Rockies, a team that does is prone to striking out, but 24 swinging strikes. Uh, the velo has been right around 93 miles per hour on the fastball each of his past three starts. And you know what? I'm good with that. We don't need 95. We don't need 96, Chris Sale. If you're going to work at 93 and give me 17 strikeouts, we're all right. All good. We're good with that. And, you, and the fact no that issue. you give up two runs, if you're going to give it up to anyone, it's Nolan Arenado, that's fine, man. I'll give you a pass. You gave me 17 strikeouts in the main event. I love you. And I'm sure everyone else does, too. Who owns him, of course? Kyle Freeland against... Going up against Chris Sale? Don't love him. I, um... <laughs> Are you going up against him? No. Nope. Oh, I was about to say. If that, that would have just been the icing on the cake. It really If you got, like, Vla- two Vladdy home runs and a 17-strikeout Chris Sale game, that's the icing on the cake, man. On the other side, Kyle Freeland with six innings. Quality start. Three runs, five hits, three yeah, walks. I like this. Going against him in my home Seven league, too. strikeouts. He didn't, allow, he didn't allow just one home run. He allowed three. I'm like, come on, Red Sox. You can't hit Kyle Freeland. You let this guy get a quality start against me. Look at what he's done the past couple of starts. He's got a, he had an ERA over six entering this start. Gosh. But if you're a Kyle Freeland owner, I don't know why you would have been. And spoke to Modique about this on Monday. If I own, That was the telltale. If you can't start Kyle Freeland on a two-start week on the road, with neither of those starts coming in Coors Field, then he probably shouldn't be owned. So admittedly, if I owned him, I would have dropped him. He would have not been in my lineup for this one. But overall, it is a good start. Uh, quality start here for Kyle Freeland, but even after it with the seven strikeouts, he's got a five, six, eight ERA. 
fact that he pitches in Colorado, it's I just don't have a lot of faith in Kyle Freeland, and and it's nothing against him. I mean, he was he was really good last year, Greg. He was I mean, he was like a sub three ERA last year, and he figured out how to pitch in Coors Field. But for whatever reason, this year it, it's it hasn't been the same case. So maybe later on down down the line, the season, if he starts to figure it out again, this is a guy that you could pick up. But I don't think that he should be on rosters right now. Michael Chavis, J.D. Martinez, Rafi Devers all go boom against Kyle Freeland here. Michael Chavis, man. Can't stop, won't stop. 999 OPS. Slumping came back. It's his seventh home run of the season for Chavis. Devers, it's only his third. It's only J.D. Martinez' is eighth. Really wish that I picked up Michael Chavis instead of Carter Keeboom, Greg. Sorry, Frank. Right. It's not so. your fault. It's I mean, kind of my fault. I had as much of a, you know, as much of a handle on my own doing... It wasn't you. It wasn't you who put the bid in. It was me. So without looking, Ravi Devers, even though he only has three home runs, never right? mind. What's up? I was going to say without looking. I'll have the do box you know what Ravi Devers is? His averages. He's crushing it right now. I mean, yeah. you want more power, and it's starting to come. I, I feel like he's hit all three of these home runs in like the past week or two. Yep. So it's starting to come a little bit. And and mind you, last night it was still really cold. It was cold here in the Northeast, and it was really cold in Boston. It was it was gloomy weather. And with all that being said. Ravi Devers is hitting 331. So I think as the weather starts to heat up a little bit, maybe we don't get the same power that we wanted starting into this, uh, coming into the season. Maybe we don't get like the 25 plus home runs we were expecting from Devers. But if he gives you 20 to 22 with a 300 batting average in the middle of this lineup, the counting stats are going to be there. I think you'll take that, Greg. So you'll sacrifice some of the power you didn't get from Devers. If he gives you a 300 batting average, you'll take that. And this, this is part of the player that I wanted last year. It just didn't come to fruition. I was one year early on Devers. One year early on Rafael Devers was us both, Frank. We were in this together, as we are in everything. Houston went into Detroit last night. Well, can we not move on yet, real quick? I just want to start at the top here of the, of the Red Sox lineup against the lefty. Benintendi, 0 for 6, 4 strikeouts. Continues to struggle against lefties. Kyle Freeland, not like he's the best lefty of all time either, so... Man, I didn't it's not like, like it's Chris Sale. 0 for 6, 265 batting average now for Ben Intendi, 781 OPS. All along, what I said about him, Greg, was you take him at the like 2-3 turn, you're expecting him to take a step that he's never, he's never done yet. And it doesn't look like he's doing that right now either. There's still a lot of time to go. Like He can turn it around, but he's got to you know, get that out of the way. It's a double pound on the back day for you. Den- uh, Detroit fell to Houston 11-4. And our guys knew it. Everybody knew Houston would go into Detroit and just crush them. And they did. Wade Miley didn't get a quality start, though. Six innings, seven hits, four runs, two walks, five strikeouts. But Houston was all bombs away. As George Springer is now in the lead for the most home runs in the American League with 16 of them. You want to pat yourself on the back for that one? Uh, no, I will not. You could pat yourself on the back for that one, Greggy. Um, Thank you, buddy. I-, I apologize to John Lester and Madison Bumgarner early on in the season. Now is the time to apologize <laughs> to George Springer. I am sorry, George, because <laughs> what you are doing right now is just otherworldly. Hey, look, he has 16 home runs in 43 games this year. He hit 22 home runs in 140 games last year. So something, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it because it's working. And he's got four stolen bases on top of that. Uh, he had six in all of last season. What we've, what we've said about Springer was he has the athleticism, athleticism to steal bases he just hasn't been very efficient at doing so. Look at the past couple of years. 6 for 10, 5 for 12, 9 for 19. He hasn't been efficient, but so far this year, 4 for 5, 329 batting average, 16 homers, 39 runs, 39 RBIs, 50% hard hit rate. 
I was a little worried about Springer coming into this year because he had never posted a hard hit rate above 40%. Last year, he was 33%. He was below league average. So I think the process of having question marks regarding George Springer heading into the season was accurate, but he's putting together a season like nothing we've ever seen from him before. And and shout out to Springer, man. He's getting it done. Again, 50% hard hit rate. He's absolutely mashing. Um, He's got a career high 11.8% walk rate right now. This... Houston Astros lineup, Greg, they're putting up video game numbers. Yeah, I, I tweeted this out last night. It's, it's like they're playing the show on rookie mode. Every, like, they're seeing the baseball like it's a beach ball right now. All of them, Everybody. too. Everybody. Yeah. Carlos Correa went off last night. Tenth home run of the year. Going off, like, he's been going off. Ledmus Diaz, another home run. Fifth home run of the season with Jose Altuve on the IL. Hey, man, I mean, that's, you just want exposure to this lineup right now. And you know, what, you know who hit a home run last night as well, Greg? It might just be an organizational thing all the way down the line. Kyle Tucker hit a home run last night, too. You know who went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts? DH for the Astros. That's Tyler White. I'll bring it up, Greggy. Are we getting close to Kyle Tucker time? Very much so. I think we are. Very much so. I think we are. And that means it's not necessarily close to you in Alvarez time. It's not on the 40-man roster. It's closer to Kyle Tucker time. And it's not a knock on Alvarez, too. I know a lot of people are stashing your on Alvarez, and they're excited about him. And you should be. He's been the number one hitter in the minors this year, but he's not on the 40-man roster for the Astros. Now, they can finagle things quite easily. Uh, Nicky Lopez was not on the 40-man roster, I believe, for the Royals. I mean, they DFA'd like Frank Schwindel. Like, it's very fine. easy to do. Like they, well, the, the Astros, if they want Jordan Alvarez, the thing there. is, they probably would have done it by now. They would have DFA'd someone, moved someone to the 60-day IL, and then you get Jordan Alvarez on the 40-man. But they haven't. And Kyle Tucker is starting to pick it up in a major way. The past couple of weeks, he's been mashing. It's another home run last night. I think we might be getting close to either Kyle Tucker coming up and being the right fielder for the Astros. They'll move Reddick to DH or, or vice versa. I think we're getting close, Greg. When you said who else homered last night? Ronnie! Ronnie Rodriguez! His sixth homer of the season. Dude, this guy packs a punch, man. He's like, he's like this little stocky middle infielder dude, and he just packs a punch. Two more hits last night, six home runs, three ribbies, we picked him up a couple of weeks ago. I picked him up in a, in, a, in a few leagues, and I've been reaping all these benefits. He had a multi-home run game over the weekend as well. Get this guy on your roster, especially if you play in Yahoo. He has, like, every position eligibility except catcher and pitcher. So uh, I'm finding a way to get Ronnie Rodriguez on my team. Guy just keeps getting it done, Greg. Yes, he does. Hey, Ronnie Rodriguez, a potential replacement as well for Elvis Andres for those that lost him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to save it, but... Let's not save it. Let's have some fun. Josh Bell, man. Josh Bell. I dropped him week one. This is when my early drops come back to haunt me. Oh, gosh. Yeah. In the pit league. Had Josh Bell. I drafted Josh Bell. I was like, you know what? He was really cold after the first week or two. Let this be a lesson to you, Greg. And everyone out there who has a quick trigger finger. I did. Especially in fantasy baseball, man. It's so hard to have a quick trigger finger. Well, I had it, The season is so long. I had it, and I, I dropped Josh Bell. I want, you're, gonna, you're about to guess where he ranks in all stat cast categories. Average exit velocity, what percentile would you say? Is it, is it 97? 99th. Great. Hard hit rate, what uh-huh. would you say? Is it 99? It's 98. Mm-hmm. You're off again. Yeah. Ex-WOBA. Expected WOBA. Is it 98? 97. You're off again. Yeah. Uh, expected slugging percentage. 96? Uh, 98. Uh-huh. You should have st- stuck with 98. Right. Uh, expected batting average. 98? 95. Mm. 
He sucks. Hey, don't sell him short, man. <laughs> 329 batting average, a multi-homer game, 12 home runs, 39 ribbies. Admittedly, wasn't really a Josh Bell guy coming into the season. Shout out to Venture. Shout out to Matt Modica. Two guys that I know were advocates of Josh Bell, and they stuck by him, the prospect pedigree, and he's just getting it done, man. Last year, his average exit velocity, 90 miles per hour, pretty good. This year, 95.3. He's just seeing the ball more clearly, and what we've said about him, kind of similar to Yelich over the past couple of years, if he started to raise the ball a little bit, raise his launch angle, hit a little bit more line drives, hit some fly balls, the guy could take off. And he's a big human being, he's strong, and he's doing exactly that. He's talked about it. Uh, it's something he's consciously trying to do. Last year, his average launch angle, 9.2 degrees on average. This year, 11.4. So hitting more line drives, putting the ball in the air. His expected batting average is 320. His barrel percentage, that's optimal contact. You're getting the barrel on the ball. 17% of his batted balls, man. It's just, he's crushing it. He's been absolutely unbelievable. All the credit goes to Chris Venture for that one. Yeah. I know Matt Modiga was on him too, but yeah, Chris Venture, that was his guy. He was all over it. He's got good play discipline. He walks as well. He's absolutely legit, man. I've heard people ask questions of, you know, Joey Votto or Josh Bell. Do I, you know, uh, do I still have faith in, in, in Joey Votto? No, man. Josh Bell's a top 10 first baseman this year. He's absolutely legit. I'm buying in 100%. He's made a change, and the results are paying off. If you're asking me Matt Carpenter or Josh Bell, Joey Votto or Josh Bell, any of like these middling uh, veterans, I'm taking Josh Bell. Maybe not Jose Abreu. I like Jose Abreu. You love your middling veterans. You're a huge middling veteran guy. You, I, you want well, Albert Pools this week. Well, well, that's because Josh Bell isn't available, Craig. But I, I don't have jo- Joey Votto on any of my teams. No, you didn't like Joey I don't Votto. have Matt Carpenter on any of my teams. No, you don't. I do have Jose Abreu because the price was right. So I guess it's just middling, um, I guess it's just middling pitchers, veteran pitchers that you like, like a lot. I get behind that. <laughs> uh, Joe Musgrove rebounded in a big, big way. Seven innings, one hit, two walks, five strikeouts. Excellent start for Joe Musgrove, who only threw 75 pitches in this one. Why didn't he go eight? That's the question that I have. Maybe they just wanted to get him out. Can we get Clint Hurdle on the line? Because I, I want to I know. Well, I can tell you why. Because it looks like in the eighth inning, the Pirates... Uh, Diamondbacks were sending up some big, ba- big boppers? No, the, he just got pinch hit for. I thought maybe they had a, ri- a rally going. Oh. Maybe, potentially. But it was but, home runs in the eighth. Yeah, I mean, this is a big, high haters, Joe Musgrove performance here, uh, shutting up all the haters here. Seven shutout innings, Greg. One hit, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, the walks, you really wanted to see the command come back here because in his previous start, it was either four or five walks, and that's not like Joe Musgrove. This is a guy who prides himself in having good command and, and not giving up You know, people on base paths via the walk. And he bounced back. Only two walks, only one hit. Not that the Diamondbacks are a murderer's row, but... You need to see a guy bounce back somewhat after a performance, two performances that he just had. So uh, even with everything that's gone on, started off the season really hot, had a hiccup, two or three pretty bad performances in a row, has a lights-out performance last night. The ERA, Greg, still sits at 3.59. And last week when we were talking about Musgrove, that's exactly where I said he's probably going to live. He's probably going to live in that 3.5 to 3.7 ERA range. He's a good pitcher, Maybe we've overrated him a little bit over the past couple of years. Grab Joe Musgrove, but he is a good pitcher, and I think he's he's gonna he's gonna sit in that three five to three seven range with a good whip because he doesn't walk all that many batters. Luke Weaver gave you a quality start with six innings of seven hits, three runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. Zach Godley comes in relief. 
Not great, Bob. He allows the home runs uh, to Cole Tucker and one of them to Josh Bell. Greg Holland came in in a mop-up role, tried to get back on track, allowed a hit, a walk, did strike out two. Well, Greg, you said not great, Bob, regarding uh, Zach Godley. And I would like to say, uh, as somebody who starts my hitters against Zach Godley, great job, Bob. I actually would like to see more Zach Godley so that we could get some more home runs in fantasy baseball. Luke Weaver puts together a quality start here. The guy has been money all year. I mean, 3.16 ERA, five strikeouts and six innings pitched. Maybe you were expecting something a little bit better here against the Pirates lineup, but are you really going to complain over a quality start? Luke Weaver was going outside the top 60 starting pitchers this year, maybe outside the top 70. And look what he's done for you so far this year. So uh, he's really been one of the biggest surprises, Greg, I would say. Maybe outside of like Caleb Smith, uh, as someone who was going outside the top 60, 70 starting pitchers, who has returned the most value thus far. We talked about Luke Weaver, though. We, we did. did. We were we were, we were, we were circling The thing it. is, we were on him. Like, not on him. But not enough. Yeah. And we ended up not drafting. Did we draft him anywhere? I don't think we did. Like we might have got him. Did we get him in the auction? I don't in think the reserve we, rounds. I don't, that's what I was about to say. Like we were definitely talking about him I in think the reserve. We were rounds. talking about. Taking I don't know him. that Someone we might got have taken him. him before us. Yeah, he was definitely on our radar at that spot. Yeah, so we talked him up a little bit. I think we were thrown off a little bit by the spring and like the early season struggles for Luke Weaver. Um, hey man, he's really turned it around. And again, outside of Caleb Smith. He's, he's been one of the starting pitchers that's returned the most value. We'll take a break. We mentioned it earlier, and that was Jack Flaherty. We'll tell you what he did last I night. Think we might get Yang in studio, too. Let's see what happens. When we come back, Mike Wilton Evans, he's struggling, too. His ERA right now is eight. We'll break it down how worried you should be about Fulte. Coming up next. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. Make it rain. The minute that uh, it was announced to Pelicans, he was obviously not happy. He was really hoping for the Knicks like everybody else, but that didn't come to fruition. And who knows? Could Zion's people turn around and be like, yeah, trade us uh, because we're not coming to play for uh, New Orleans. I don't know that we've ever had that in basketball. It's kind of a football thing. Could Zion be the guy to start that trend? Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. I don't like Anthony Davis. I think he's a great player. I lost all respect for him after last year. You could have waited until the offseason and tried to do the stuff you did. He's clearly influenced uh, by LeBron's cronies. The guy shows up with a That's All Folks uh, t-shirt the last game of the year, remember? He goes, it was laid out for me. I don't dress myself. Four-year-old kid? I don't want him anywhere near Zion. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
We saw last night Vladimir Guerrero mash his two home runs. Lined up with three hits, four RBI. If you weren't swinging for the fences using Daily Roto's MLB Fantasy Optimizer, well, you may have had him in DFS last night. You should play Daily Fantasy Baseball, well, every day using DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Or you can become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're using it wrong. Enter promo code FNCSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections that use the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNCSY and get your 10% discount today. DailyRoto.com. <clears throat> For the Cardinals yesterday, Jack Flaherty led the Cards to a 14-3 victory with a quality start. He walked five guys, not so good. Struck out six, that's better. Three hits, three runs for Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I was watching this start too. Uh, had to shut it off once the NBA draft lottery came around. But I was watching him early on. He looked really sharp. Uh, ran into some trouble in the middle innings here where he gave up a few singles. He walked a few guys. I believe he walked in a run as well. So... I don't like what I've seen in terms of the walks. The past three starts, five walks, three walks, eight, uh, four walks. So he's had 12 total walks over his last three starts overall here, Greg. But still gives you a strikeout per inning, still only gives you a three earned runs, uh, gives you the quality start. Earlier on in the season, in his first, let's see, two, four, six starts, he allowed just six walks. And now over his last three, he has 12. So... This is something that was a huge issue for him last year. And once I saw those first six starts, I said, wow, he's really, he's gotten past the walks here. Eh, spoke a little bit too soon when it comes to Jack Flaherty. The stuff is still really good. 53 strikeouts in 47 and two-thirds innings pitch. He has a 4.34 ERA, but the XFIP stands at 3.80, uh, 12.4% swinging strike rate. The first pitch strike percentage much better this year as well. Uh, the O-swing is down a little bit, and i got to look into this. I think the O-swing might be down across the league right now because, as we've seen, hitters are just laying off pitches outside the strike zone. They're not swinging at pitches outside the strike zone as much as they have in years past. So it's something that I'm going to look into and see if the chase rate overall is just down this year because it seems like many starting pitchers are walking more batters and not getting as many swings and misses outside the strike zone. So... I'm going to look into that, but overall, still getting a lot of strikeouts from Jack Flaherty, and I still think there's a lot to like. He's, he's got to write these, these walks again, though. He did it in the first six starts, which means he's capable of doing it. We've seen him do it, but now he's really kind of reverted back to last year over these past three starts. So I think he will get better, uh, and, and, and if anyone in your league does not trust Jack Flaherty, I'm buying low. I love Flaherty moving forward. Let's just get past these walks. Loves Jack Flaherty moving forward. His favorite buy low at the moment. You heard about Manny Machado a couple weeks ago. Jack Flaherty now takes that mantle for Frank Stample. What do I say you're not buying low, Mike Fulton-Nevich? You were not in on him as much as some other people were coming into this season. Four and two-thirds, seven hits, eight runs, three walks, four strikeouts. He gets bombed last night by the St. Louis Cardinals. It was all kind of not going great. And it just only got worse as the night went on. He has been just awful as the ERA now sits over eight 
in his last three starts, I know the quality, I know the earned runs say, but he's allowed eight runs, five runs, six runs, and four runs. He has yet to have a quality start on the season. He's been abysmal. There's just no other way to put it. Is he still dealing with some kind of injury? I mean, he was dealing with a significant injury. He was dealing with uh, an elbow strain, right, Greg? Yes, That's sir. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So elbow strain, pretty significant. Is he holding back some velocity? Is he holding back on some of his breaking pitches? He hasn't looked the same. And, again, I didn't like Fulton Evans coming into the season because the swinging strike rate and the strikeouts just didn't add up from last year. It seems like everything kind of broke right for Fulton Evans last year. And he's still young enough where he can kind of figure all this out. He's only 27 years old, so I'm not writing him off completely, but he just can't be in your lineup right now. He Like, I would go as far as to say he might be droppable. Well, that was the next question, right? dro- Can you drop he's him? He's got an 8.02 ERA. He's under 6Ks per nine. He's over three walks per nine. He's getting crushed. He has, he's given up eight home runs and four starts. There's just not a lot of good going on. I mean, there's nothing good. There's nothing good going on when it comes to Mike fulton Evitz right now. So, look, in deeper leagues, I would try to hold on to him. In keeper, dynasty, I would try to hold on to him because we saw what his upside was last year. But in your standard redraft, if, if some of these starting pitchers are floating out there, like Brandon Woodruff or... Any other, other of these like fringy starting pitcher worthy uh, type players are available? Probably dropping Fulton Evans, Greg. Fulton Evans, somebody that certainly is in the conversation. And with all these prospects that are out there, you may need someone to drop. Fulty ultimately may be your guy. That's how bad it's gotten for Mike Fulton Evans. Yadier Molina hit his fourth homer of the season. Duster, uh, Dexter Fowler, rather, hit his second. Marcel Ozuna hit his 12th. Golden Wong, last from the past. It is fifth. Last from the past, like a month ago, passed? Yes. If you had to guess how many RBIs Yadier Molina has in the season, what would you say? Well, I just read to you that he had his fourth home run. Okay, so he's got four homers. Right. I'll also tell you that he's hitting 283. I don't know why the number 12 came to mind. Does he have 12 RBI by any chance? No, he's 30. What? He's 30. I thought he was going the other way. As a catcher, dude. I'm reliable, man. I thought he was going the other way. way. I I was on him again. He just, every year. People are, I want to be one year early rather than one year late. I don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. there for the drop-off for uh-huh. Yadier Molina. Well, when is it coming? When? I don't know. <laughs> it's not happening this year. Didn't happen last year. The guy just keeps getting it done. Another multi-hit game. Three ribbies. is up to 30 RBIs. 283 batting average. Only four home runs. He's not going to hit for a ton of power. If he gives you 15 home runs for the season, 15 to 20, that's fine. That's pretty much the range that he was in last year. But 30 RBIs right now in this lineup? He's batting in the middle. He's been batting fifth or sixth for most of the season. So the RBI opportunities are going to be there for him. And as long as he's performing, he's going to keep driving in runs. So uh, we're looking at a catcher who could potentially give you 75 RBIs this year, maybe even more than that, 15, 20 home runs. He just continues to be a steal. People don't want Yadier Molina because he's old. They want the shiny new toy. They want Francisco Mejia. They want Danny Jansen. They want all these young guys. Just keep drafting Yadier Molina. That's what it comes down to, Greg. Yadier Molina and the Cardinals' arch rivals is the Chicago Cubs. Last night, they went into Cincinnati and defeated the Reds by the score of 3-1. to one. Kyle Hendricks, Frank, eight innings, three hits, one run, one walk, seven strikeouts. The only run that he allowed came on a Joey Votto solo shot. He was magnificent yesterday. Kyle Hendricks putting it right in my eye, Greggy. You must have heard me talking smack about him because over his last three starts... 25 innings pitched, 12 hits, one earned run that came on a solo home run, one walk 
Over his last three starts, at 25 innings pitched. He's gone complete game, th- uh, three starts ago against the Cardinals, eight innings against the Marlins, eight innings yesterday against the Cincinnati Reds. He's allowed one earned run to 25 innings pitched. Yep. He does have a 3.55 XFIP during that time, but so hey, I mean, even high. if he pitched yeah. to a mid threes ERA, I mean, you would gladly take that from Kyle Hendricks. And he's doing it in classic Kyle Hendricks fashion. 6.12 Ks per nine over his last three starts. Again, only one walk, so he's giving you the good command. Um, he's turned it around. He's, he's, he's making me look dumb. Um, as much as I liked Cole Hamels, um, seemed like they were on like a similar playing field, at least entering this week. And you know, maybe Kyle Hendricks has, has surpassed him now, but I still think Kyle Hendricks is the pitcher that we know him to be, Greg. The ERA, when it's all said and done, as good as he's pitching right now, and he's got a 2.86 ERA. The XFIP is 3.81. So he might be in that Joe Musgrove range, which is fine for him. If he pitches, you know, 3.6, 3.7, that's fine. Uh, but as good as these starts have been, I still think that we're going to get a few of those blowups moving forward. That's just who Kyle Hendricks is. I do want to note Kyle Ryan came in to start the ninth, got the first batter out, and they brought Steve Ciszek in for the last two batters. Does that? his job and gets the third save of the season. On the other side for Cincinnati, Tanner Roark went five innings, allowed three runs on eight hits. He walked one, he struck out six. Roark's ERA sits now, Frank, at 3.50. And we talked last week a lot about Tyler Molly. Roark on the season has an ERA at 3.5 and a FIP at 3.30. XFIP much worse at 4.63. His K per nine right now is 8.35. Walking a lot of guys uh, as his walks per nine is close to four. What can you tell me about Tanner Roark? Yeah, he's kind of a mixed bag right now. When you look into these underlying numbers, he's giving you more strikeouts this year. The 8.35K per nine is a career high as of now, but also walking more batters than we're used to seeing out of him. 3.88 walks per nine. His previous career high, 3.18 walks per nine. And you see the XFIP much higher because his home run to fly ball ratio is 4.3%. Now, mind you, league average home run to fly ball ratio is 10 to 12%. It's in that range. So basically... If his home run to fly ball ratio were league average in that range and he were giving up more home runs, like he probably should be because he's more of a fly ball pitcher and he pitches in Cincinnati in Great American Small Park, then they're telling us that his ERA should probably be closer to a mid-four ERA. So a mixed bag here. Should he be owned in deeper leagues? Maybe you stream him in like some 15-team mixed roto. NL only, sure, because he has a job in a rotation. That's fine, but... I'm just not buying it, Greg. 12-teamers. I'm, I see the 3.50 ERA, but I just don't trust it. The ball's going to start to fly out a little bit more uh, once the weather starts to heat up and, and he pitches in Cincinnati. So I'm out on Tanner Roar. He's perfect for your category of players that you like, though. Nah. Nah. He's not, he's not like nearly as good as Cole Hamels. Come on, Greg. Well, Danny Duffy. He's, he's Danny Duffy level good, isn't he? Well, I, I said earlier, uh, Danny Duffy's probably like a 15-teamer and AL only. So. so we're good. There you go. Tanner Roark is your NL Danny Duffy. Perfect. You get behind that. You mentioned Caleb Smith before, Frank. Smith picked up his first loss of the season last night, going five and a third, four hits, two runs, two walks, eight strikeouts. Still pitched very well. Uh, only, um, only runs that he allowed were thanks to Avisael Garcia, who had a solo homer in the second and, well, got involved in the sixth uh, with an RBI single as well. That's it. And before everyone starts going all crazy, like, oh, well, this is why you can't draft Marlins pitchers. You're never going to get wins. You're only going to get losses. This was his first loss of the season. He was 3-0 and entering the start. So that tells you everything that you need to know about Caleb Smith. Now, 
the wins are still going to be hard to come by. As we saw yesterday, Charlie Morton on the other side uh, pitched very well. Uh, the chicken or the egg? Did he pitch well, or was it because he was going against the Marlins? Doesn't matter. I think Charlie Morton is a pretty good pitcher, so I will give him some credit here. And, and another 18 swinging strikes for Caleb Smith going up against a pretty tough lineup in the Tampa Bay Rays as well. So navigates his way through it. Not the He doesn't go that deep into the game, only five and a third, but still gives you eight strikeouts. Doesn't hurt your ratios. Uh, six combined hits and walks over five and a third, so it doesn't hurt your whip. Only two earned runs. Still love Caleb Smith, man. I mean, he's he's elevated himself into, he is firmly inside the top 30 starting pitchers right now. Maybe even top 25 starting pitchers, the way that he is going right now. I mean, we were we were giving um, Tyler Glass now a bunch of credit for getting strikeouts and going deeper into games and, and making strides in terms of not walking batters. Caleb Smith is doing the same exact thing. So... I know I mentioned uh, Luke Weaver as, as one of those pitchers who was drafted later on who's returned the most value. The number one guy right now is Caleb Smith based on what he's doing. I'm not mad at him for getting the loss in this one. Definitely, definitely. Um, for Tampa, I just want to note, uh, Emilio Pagan pitched the seventh. Diego Castillo pitched the eighth. I they assume, were in line for a save. Correct. So I run assume in the Alvarado would have come in in the ninth if it was a safe situation. Instead, Chaz Rowe comes in, uh, and he... Uh, pitches the ninth, pitches well. Last one hit, but nine pitches later, um, he got out of it. Greggy, how about Charlie Morton? If we're just talking about, like, middling veterans, yeah. we had questions coming into the year. Was Very he much able, so. Mm-hmm. Was he going to be able to pick up where he left off with Houston, all those strides that he made? The answer, Greg, a resounding yes. This guy has a 2.32 ERA. He's been phenomenal. So, if you had any question marks about Charlie Morton and drafting him, the range that he was going in, He's paid off some pretty good value so far as well. Without question, Charlie Morton's been, been wonderful with that 2.32 ERA, undefeated here uh, on the season. He had one bad start where he allowed five runs. Everything else has been pretty much the same. Five or six innings and two or less runs. He's locked in as a rock-solid SP3. Although he doesn't go deep into games, he pitches really well in the six innings he's, that he does He's now. better for Roto. He is better for Roto sure. because sometimes, like, he doesn't always go deep enough to give you that quality start to give you the six innings. Because he does strike out a lot of guys, and he does run into walks at times, so that builds up his pitch count a lot. So we see a lot of five-inning performances. Better for Roto, but overall, still really good. On the hitting side, Tommy Pham uh, got caught stealing for the third time this season. I mentioned Avisail Garcia's homer. It was the seventh of the season. Former man, Avisail, 296 batting average, OBP, 358. My man. Is he out there? I want to see how, how owned he is. Sure. In... Yahoo League, Ooh. that would be 13%. Look at the production that people are missing out on. 96 batting average, 7 homers, 3 stolen bases. You know he's my man. He should be owned in more than 13%. Nah, he's not like a must-own player, but but we I would imagine we have more Roto Leagues than 13%. And in a 5 outfielder league, he should be owned. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay, for the... One of the last games we'll talk about, it was the Mariners and the Athletics. The Mariners picked up their first save since April yesterday. A 4-3 victory for Seattle with Ronis Elias pitching two and a third innings to get the save uh, following Mike Leake's good game, six and two-thirds, three runs, only one of them were earned, five hits, a walk, and six strikeouts. Brett Anderson went for Oakland, six innings, four-run ball. He struck out of five while walking one. Tim Beckham, homer for the eighth time. Dan Vogelbach, homer for the 11th time. Mitch Hanniger. For the 11th time as well. Yeah, and yesterday I, I brought up 
the conundrum that is the Seattle Mariners and what's going to happen when trying to get all these guys in the lineup. Well, they used Tim Beckham at second base yesterday, which means Shed Long is on the bench. D. Gordon did pinch run for Tim Beckham in this game as well, did not start, so pay attention to that. You should have had D. Gordon out of your lineup anyway. I have him in the NFBC main event, and I had him out of my lineup. Even with his stolen base upside, I missed out on the stolen base yesterday as a pinch runner, but I figured he's probably going to need a couple days off anyway, so... I should have been out of your lineup, but it's good to see that D. Gordon at least still able to run. Remember, he's dealing with a wrist injury, which obviously makes it hard to swing a bat. Uh, J.P. Crawford still got another start in this one, batting ninth. We'll see how long he sticks around. But I think as we're going to start to see, Greg mentioned that they didn't have a save since April. Why is that? Because the Mariners are starting to turn back into the Mariners. So as the season goes along, they're going to try and get some of their younger players up and see what they have in these kids. And don't be, don't be surprised if we get Edwin Encarnacion traded, Jay Bruce, and it's going to open up playing time for some of these other guys. Greg, it's May 15th. Malik Smith isn't up yet. Yes. Let's see what happens. Yes. Here, I need him up. Yes. I don't think it's going to happen. He needs to be up today. It's going to happen tomorrow. That's fine. It's going to happen for like the weekend. So we'll take tomorrow, Frank. As long as he doesn't get called up today, <laughs> we're good. And that means it's you owe me two lunches compared to the one I owe you. That's so can we just cancel out and I just owe you one? Sure. <laughs> Sounds great. I like how this works. For Frank Stanford, I'm Greg Sussman. Happy Talkman Day, everybody. We'll be joined by Brad Ziegler and Virginia Zakis tomorrow. Have a wonderful afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.